Joan in Bible study, is that uh, when you're dealing with the book of Judges, it's dealing mainly with uh, complete, total dependency on God. As you begin to read through the book of Judges, you begin to see that God never uses a group of people, but usually he uses a feeble person, puts his spirit upon them, and then gives them the victory. You also see, and we'll, we'll deal with that in Gideon, that it's not about numbers when it comes to God's strength. Because one thing that God wants is he wants all of the glory out of a situation. And sometimes what you have to realize is that when I'm, it's all about me and it's not about him, I'll never have victory. Victory in Christ is when you can lay aside yourself and allow God to fight the battle for you. So the scripture says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Let God do the work. The book of uh, First or Second Chronicles says, be still. Or that's Psalms, be still and know that I am God. All of these scriptures are constantly showing us throughout the Bible that all of our strength comes from the Lord. And I think that's what the whole book of Judges is all about. Another thing that we notice about the book of Judges is that it, it really breaks down and explains the power of spiritual warfare. That what you begin to see as you begin to read through these books is that these weapons and the things that they're going through, it's not based off of the strength of their weapons. But there's some type of spirituality that's going there that God honors them and he goes to war on the behalf of the people. We talked about this last week uh, for our weapons of war. Our weapons are not carnal. That's right. That's right. So we have to understand that when we fight, we don't fight with our hands. We fight on our knees. And I heard someone say something so powerful. He says that when you bow down, God stands up. And when you stand up, God bows down. <laughs> Not that he's humbling or submitting himself to you, but what he's saying is you got it. So what you got to learn to do is when you find yourself in situations is bow down and let God stand up. That's right. Look at your neighbor and say, bow down and let God stand up. Don't get so caught up in your own strength because I'm going to tell you, you're going to run out. Don't get caught up in your own ability because your ability eventually will be limited. Don't get caught up in how wonderful you pray and how wonderful you preach because eventually you'll run out of words. But there will come to time in your life where you will have to completely, totally depend on God in order to get complete victory in your life. It's easier said than done. I know it is. It's easier. And I'm just talking for just a couple moments. It's easier said than done uh, because sometimes it appears that God isn't moving fast enough. Y'all quiet. Sometimes we want God to move faster or faster than where we are. And, and, and it just seems like the process is taking too long. So what happens? We jump in the way and we try to become our own God. You guys remember in the book of Genesis with Abraham. God promises him that he's going to give him a son. And Abraham starts looking at the clock. And he's 86 years old. And Sarah's 77. And he feels as though God either made a mistake or he's taking too long. And he goes and lays with Hagar. And he has a child that is in front of what God's plans were for him. And now he has to wait another 13 years. This is God. Ain't God, God got a sense of humor. And waits till Abraham is 99 years old. And Sarah is 90. And God says, all right. 
now let my plan be done in your life. And sometimes we're delaying our plan, the plan of God in our life, because we just keep on getting in the way. Are y'all with me today? So now we're going to deal today with a man that is very familiar. If you read the Bible at least once or twice, his name is Gideon. Now, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time trying to translate names, and Gideon means we ain't got time for all that. We're just going to tell the story. Can we do that? And one thing we notice here is that with God, like I told you earlier, when God uses people, he uses the least expected person to be used. I'll give you an example. There was a man by the name of Saul who had the look, but he wasn't God's choice. The Bible says that when he stood up, he was head and shoulders above all the men of Israel. He had the looks, he had the charisma, he had everything going for himself, but that was the people's choice that wasn't God's choice. So finally, when they finally depended on God's choice, God chooses a little shepherd boy out in the fields of Bethlehem, and he's sitting there singing weird songs, talking about the Lord is his shepherd, and he shall not want, and let God arise, and his enemies be scattered, and I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This old strange, ruddy fellow. Youngest of all of his brothers. Now, y'all know the baby don't usually get the blessing like that. They get the blessing from mommy and daddy, but they don't get the inheritance. But God seen something in him. And when you remember Samuel, Samuel goes to the house and he's already ready to anoint one of the older brothers. And God said, don't look at the outward appearance. That already got you in trouble last time. I look at the heart. And one thing you have to realize is that God will never use you if your heart ain't right. So what we're going to see through this whole entire chapter is we're going to see God use the less likely person to succeed. I told you guys my story last week, but what I didn't tell you is that I finished college. What I didn't tell you is that I went back and got a master's degree. So God switched that 1.7. All right. So I can make the story right. But it was a lesson learned through the story. And, and to be honest with you, if I didn't hit the bottom like that and got embarrassed the way I was in high school, I never would have finished school. So now we get here to the book of Judges, the sixth chapter, and the Bible says, and the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, remember, we're just getting out of Deborah. Deborah has finally brought peace to Israel. And after a while, after all of this peace, the people go back to their ways. Now, it is so easy to look at the scripture from the outside looking in, talk calling them stupid. But how many times have God given us peace, but we mess it up? (laughs) It is so easy for us to look at the scripture and say, how do they just keep getting hard headed? But you don't question how many times you've been hard headed. So now the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord, watch this, the Lord handed them over to Midian seven years. God handed them over and they oppressed Israel. Y'all, y'all, y'all got time? Uh, I told you I wasn't going to break down names, but since that name just popped up, let's just, let's just work with that name for just a couple minutes. The Lord handed them over to who? The Lord handed them over to who? The Lord handed them over to the Midianites or Midian, who, who are the Midianites, and he allowed them to oppress them for seven years. It was all God's doing. Listen to me. Their oppression was part of his will. And who are the Midianites? The Midianites is a very good question. Abraham had a son. His first son's name is what? Ishmael. Ishmael. There you go. His second son's name is? His third son's name is? Y'all lie, ain't no third son. His fourth son's name was? His fifth son's name was? 
His sixth name, son's name was? His seventh son, he had seven sons. Y'all like, what, what Bible are you reading, Pastor John? Genesis, the 26th chapter. And when Sarah died, Abraham married Keturah, and they had five sons. Abraham had seven sons, Medan, Jokshan, and Midian. Yeah. <laughs> Selena was with me. She said it. I heard it. Thank you. Nina. You was reading your Bible this week. The rest of them, they was like, what? Midian is a son of Abraham. But hold on. Abraham is the father of faith. Through Isaac. But there were other children. Y'all with me? Can, can we talk for just a minute? I know we're we, we going to deal with the family series next week, but I'm going I'm to just, just step in y'all world for just a couple minutes. I got time. I ain't going to look at that. He had five other sons, but there was only one that got the inheritance. Hmm. He had five other sons, but only one got the inheritance. He had seven sons, but only one got the inheritance. This is all Bible. And the Bible says that before Abraham dies, he takes the five brothers, gives them gifts, and sends them away. But he gave all that he had to Isaac. Mm. What's Ishmael's story? When I was a little baby, my dad's first wife didn't like me and kicked me and my mama out in the woods and gave me a bottle of milk. But Isaac gets everything. Midian has just as much blood in Abraham as Israel, but all he got was a gift and was sent away. Imagine what it feels like being the brother that was sent away. And now I'm watching God bring you out of Egypt I'm watching God give you all this land. I'm watching God open up Red Seas. I'm watching God open up Jordans for you. I'm watching God give you so much gold and silver that he has to stop you from giving in the offering plate. <laughs> and I'm just sitting on the sideline watching God bless you. What does it feel like to be the son of the other woman? I like when it's quiet in here. It's so quiet in here. You can just. And now God says, Midian, get him. And I'm sure Midian has no problem getting the spoiled brother. And the Bible says, and he oppresses them for seven years. Because Midian the Israelites were hiding places for themselves in mountains and caves and strongholds. Why are they hiding in mountains, caves and strongholds? Why? Because they did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. When you sin, you hide. <laughs> what are you talking about? Adam and Eve ate from the tree. And what did they immediately try to do? 
And God said, Adam, where art thou? And he says, we were hiding because we were naked. When you're sin, you hide. Sin has a way of causing you to run away. Where's Miss Tanya at? I ain't seen her in a minute. She's trying to hide. <laughs> Where you at? Why are you trying to cover yourself? Sin has the ability to make you try, try, to hide. How? Because God sees all things. So the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves. Now, y'all know I'm not going through all these chapters, so I don't, I don't want y'all nervous. Y'all like, you said chapter 6 through 8 today. We ain't going to do all that. The Israelites were hiding themselves in mountains, caves, and strongholds. Watch this. Whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and the Ketamites. Now, I don't know who they are, but the Amalekites are the grandchildren of Esau. Y'all remember Jacob and Esau? Jacob, again, got a double portion, and Esau was tricked out of his birthright and hated Jacob. And Esau has grandchildren now. And the grandchildren are carrying the hate from their grandfather. And they are showing no mercy because the Bible says whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites and the Ketamites came and attacked them. Every time they tried to do good, evil was always present. Watch this. And it was the will of God. Woo! I just can't seem to get ahead. And it's the will of God. They encamped against them and destroyed the produce of the land. Even as far as Gaza, they left nothing for Israel to eat as well as no sheep, ox or donkey. Now watch this. If there's no sheep, if there's no ox and there's no donkey, there's no sacrifice. One thing that the enemy wants to do is he wants to take your praise. Yes, yes. Y'all quiet. Amen. Offering was a form of worship. Uh-huh. And, and, and the Amalekites, Midianites, and the Ketamites knew that if I took their worship, they can't reach God. Amen. Y'all going to make me preach in here today. I'll preach to myself. And one thing that the enemy wants to do is he wants to take your praise out of your mouth. Because if you don't praise God, you'll never reach God. So let me shut their mouth. Let me mess with their finances. Let me mess with their family. Let me stop them from worshiping. Let me allow things to get in their spirit. Because if I can stop them from worshiping, they'll never have victory. But I wish somebody in here can just make up in their mind today that nothing is going to separate me from the love of God. I don't care what I'm going through. I don't care what I'm fighting in my life. I don't care what's happening. My children can act a fool. My job can act a fool. I can have 13 cents in the bank, but I still will bless the Lord at all times.
messing with their worship. For the Midianites came with their cattle in their tents like a great, great swarm of locusts. This is the land that God promised them. And now their enemies is coming in, dwelling in a place that God promised Israel. Amen. They and their camels were without number. And they entered the land to waste it. So Israel became poverty stricken because Midian and the Israelites cried out. Uh-oh. Y'all quiet. Watch this. I might not have a lamb, but I got a voice. Yes. <laughs> you thought my praise was in my stuff. You see, y'all gonna make me holler here. If I was in a Pentecostal church, this right there is that's the end of the Sunday. That right there, I ain't even finishing the rest of the book. That right there is enough for me to preach this all the way home. If we had Robin on the moon the keys, y'all be shouting right now, because that's all we need. Y'all with me? <laughs> If, 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 if you thought by you messing with stuff, it would hinder what would come out of my mouth. <sighs> but the Bible says, but the Israelites cried out to the Lord. When the Israelites cried out to him because of Midian, watch this. The Lord sent a prophet to them. Doesn't tell us who this prophet is which is why many theologians, and I said the word last week wrong, look at this and they call it a theophany. I said theophany last week, so whoever listened to that podcast, forgive me. <laughs> Somebody deep going to be in there and write me a letter. Theophany. It is the manifestation of God's presence in the Old Testament, the manifestation of Christ in the Old Testament, which is why they don't give us the name of the prophet. Now, y'all know if that was Isaiah, Isaiah would be known. If it was Daniel, they would say Daniel. If it was Jeremiah, they say Jeremiah. Elijah, all of the prophets, they would make known at their name. But if you notice here, it does not give any glory to the prophet. The Lord sent a prophet to them and he said, watch this. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. I delivered you from the power of Egypt and the power of all who oppressed you. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I put you in the best position to prosper and you messed it up. You want to know what's funny about this text? Is the Bible says that they cried. And the Bible does not say that God delivered them. The Bible says they cried, and then the scripture says that God sends a prophet. That's like being in a car accident at this intersection, being stuck and can't get out. And a Gloucester County, Gloucester County Times reporter comes with his notebook. I don't need you to write an article right now. I need deliverance. Y'all right, right. And sometimes we get in wrecks in our life and we're looking for deliverance and God wants to sit there and teach you a lesson. And you sitting there like, God, all right, I got it. Y'all got them kind of parents, those kind of parents growing up where they didn't beat you, they just talked to you till you wish they beat you. Some of y'all like, nah, my dad just popped me. But I had, my dad was, my dad, my dad was that one, believe it or not. My mom hit you. My dad did a lot of talking. And sometimes you get in the back seat of the car and I just wish he just popped me. Then we have to deal with his mouth and hear it again on Sunday. This is the family series, y'all. This is the family series. <laughs> sometimes I wish you would just beat me. 
and make it all right, then me have to deal with your mouth. But that's God sometimes. Sometimes God will put you in church every Sunday and the preacher just keeps hitting you in your issue. And you're like, God, will you just tell him to shut up? He know my business. Somebody must have told him, no, no, no. That's God using that man or that woman of God to speak to your issue and just keep smacking you with the word to where when he does deliver you, you don't go back to it. Y'all quiet in here. So God does not just immediately deliver them. God has to lecture them. (laughs) Y'all quiet. God does not just bring them out, but God lectures them. And now God tells them everything that you're going through, don't cry. We talked about this last week. Don't cry and play victim. You are where you are because you put yourself there. You are being oppressed because you ran into the arms of the oppressor. We don't want to hear this. You broke because you spent your money. It was no canker worm or palm worm and all that stuff we were trying to use in the book of Joel. You was reckless. Now you're oppressed financially because you were disobedient. Y'all quiet. And watch this. And I'm not going to bring you out. I'm going to make you eat beans all week. I heard somebody saying beans, greens, potatoes. <laughs> heard that in my spirit right there. <laughs> you put yourself there. This is God talking, y'all. I brought you out. I put you in a place to prosper, and you messed it up. Now watch this. I said to you, I am Yahweh your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites who land you live in. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak, which was in Orphra, which belonged to Joash, the Abizarite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in the wine vat or wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Gideon was just trying to get whatever he could get. Because if the Midianites seen any type of vegetation, they would come and they would take it. Gideon, watch this, is not a soldier. Why don't you think about this? This is a man that has never had a fist fight a day in his life. This is a man that has never handled a sword. He's a farmer. And God wants to use him. Some of you are so unqualified for your assignment, but God wants to use you. I ain't never planted no church before. I ain't never started no church from nothing before. I don't got no experience in this. I didn't go to no seminary. I just read my Bible. But God says you're qualified for this. Y'all quiet in here. Y'all ain't never run no branding business before. You ain't never worked for Nike or, 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 or Pepsi, but there's something that God says you're qualified. Y'all quiet in here. And sometimes God uses the unqualified yes. to make the qualified realize what he can do if they want to act up. Hallelujah. Remember Elijah? I'm, I'm excited today. I'm sorry, y'all. Remember Elijah? When, 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 when he, he battled uh, the, 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 the priest of Baal? 
And the Bible says that that day, 450 of them he killed. And Jezebel came up to him and said, I'm going to kill you. And the Bible says, and Elijah starts running to his cave. And God says, why are you here? And Elijah says, because only I, I am the only one left, God, that speaks your name. And, and God had to rebuke him for a minute and say, don't you think for a minute you're the only person that I use. I got 8,000 folks who have never bowed to Baal. Don't, we, don't, us, don't let none of us ever think that we're so good that we can't be replaced. I don't care how skilled and how wonderful you are in your position. You can be replaced. I said to you, I am Yahweh, your God, do not fear. Uh, his son Gideon was, was I'm, I'm back here, his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the, in the wine vat in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now watch this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, the Lord is with you. What? what is, but what's his occupation? He's a farmer. But God sees. <laughs> Y'all quiet. Are y'all with me? This boy is a farmer, but God sees a warrior. My question for you today is what does God see in you that you don't see in yourself? Some of y'all just see yourself as I'm, I, just, I just do my job at work and I'm just an accountant or I'm just, you know, a marketing major in college. I'm just, and God is like, look at you, next president. Look at you, influencer. Look at you, my next millionaire. No, 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 not to be selfish, but a millionaire that's going to bless other people. Y'all quiet. That's why some of us ain't millionaires, because we will show some folks our tail immediately. Tomorrow morning, we won't see y'all ever again. So I got in using some of y'all. Anthony laughing a little too hard. <laughs> and we ain't going to see Anthony no more Sundays after he get his first million. I'm just playing. <laughs> yes, I'm like, yes, you will. <laughs> so what God does sometimes is he sees in you what you don't see in yourself yet. That's why it's important to hear God. Because sometimes God is calling you by your name and you don't hear it. Gideon immediately starts talking. And I'm not going to go there yet. Gideon immediately starts talking. And he doesn't stop for a second and say, hold up. What did you call me? He didn't listen closely to what God called him. He immediately goes into the problem. Doesn't realize God gave him a name, meaning that you're getting ready to be the solution. Help me, Jesus. We get caught up in what we see right now. We see about 30 people in here. But if we look through God's eyes, we see 30 people that's going to impact the community. Oh, it's kind of light in here this Sunday. No, no, it's just right. Because the right person is going to tell somebody about their church this week, and they got 20 kids. <laughs> People still have 20 kids somewhere. I don't know where. I ain't met them. I think four is like 20 now. I got 20. <laughs> Each kid is five in this, this generation. <laughs> you got two kids, you got 10, you got three, you got 15. Look at all look at them 15 kids right there on that row, right there. That's 15 kids. I got 20. Make y'all feel better. I got 20. Y'all got to catch up. They like, I rebuke you, man of God. Come stop. <laughs> God sees a mighty warrior, but Gideon is so caught up in the situation that he doesn't see 
what God has just called him. Are y'all with me today? Is this making sense? We're going we're gonna to move. We're going to move. I promise you. Gideon said to him, please, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Now, here we go again, playing victim. You know why it happened. You know why it happened. But you don't want to see it that you're part of the problem of why it happened. Many times when we see ourselves in hard places, sometimes we got to sit back and reflect on how we get there. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes God's sovereign will will take you through some tight places. Let's be clear. All of us have lost a loved one or a friend that we just didn't understand. Oh, y'all quiet. Maybe I'm the only one. All of us have experienced loss, and God just didn't seem to give us the answer, but it was his will. And I know we don't want to hear that. But we also know that all things work together for the good. And can I help somebody? Because I don't know who I'm dealing with today that may be dealing with grief. Uh, That person's assignment was met. And the reason why you know it is because it still impacts you. If they didn't mean anything, you wouldn't still feel something. Which means that their purpose met its need while it was here, which is why it still affects you while they're gone. (sighs) And it doesn't matter if they were two years old or 100 years old. If God took them at two, those two years had two years of purpose to help your reflection and perception of how things operate in your life. You've learned how to love more. You've learned how to appreciate people. Y'all quiet. You've learned how to value friendship. And because you've lost a friend and because you've lost a loved one, you've learned how to love other loved ones like you would love that person if they were still here. They met their purpose. I don't know why I'm here. So the Lord says, so, 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 so he's sitting here and he's questioning God. And I don't want to park here too long. And he's sitting here, he's questioning God. And God has to remind him that you're all part of the problem. Now watch this here. Go down to, uh, y'all got y'all Bibles out still or y'all just listening to me? <laughs> Go down to the 17th verse, 17th verse, <clears throat> 17th verse. And when we get to the 17th verse, it says here, uh, then he said to them, if I have found favor with you, because this is Gideon having doubt, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Has anybody ever done that before? Well, like you somewhere heard God, but you're like, God, you're going to you're gonna have to do a little, you have to kick my wall or something. If you don't bang on the ceiling, then I don't know if this is you. And next thing you know, you hear, you're like, Jesus, <laughs> you don't play with God. <laughs> so Gideon is looking for a sign. He, y'all with me? He says, I have found favor. Yes, if I have found favor in your sight, give me a sign that you are speaking with me. Please do not leave this place until I return to you. Let me bring my gift and set it before you. And he says, I will stay until you return. Now watch this. So Gideon went and prepared a young. Now remember, the Midianites took all their cattle, goat, and sheep. But he found one. Y'all quiet. Remember, the goat is enough for him to feed his family. But he believes in God so much, and he believes that this experience is God's so much that he's willing to starve his family, oof, to please God. But let me help you here, because y'all like, that's deep. You want God going to let you starve your family to feed him? No, no. Because if you're willing to put God to the test and prove to him 
that you that you know that he's the real one, he always provides. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from a bushel of flour. He placed the meat in a basket and a broth in a pot. He bought it them, offered them, and took under the oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat with the unleavened bread, put it on this stone, and pour broth on it. I'm going to show you that I'm God. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord extended the tip of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and unleavened bread. And fire, I can mean I could preach this. It's Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday too. And fire came up from the rock woo, and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. Gideon was like, that's the late enough. There's some of y'all. Y'all just, y'all just be testing God. This ain't enough. So he goes back to the 33rd verse. And uh, no, 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 let's not even go there. The 25th verse, because that's, that's enough for now. So what is Gideon done after he has this experience in the 25th verse? Y'all with me? Mm-hmm. The Bible says, on that very night, the Lord said to him, take your father's young bull. He's, he's from Philly. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Philly. Take your father's young bull. <laughs> what, part, what part of Philly is this area? Is this, is this South Philly right here? <laughs> is that North Philly? Take your father's young bull. And a, and a second bull, seven years old, then tear down the altar of Baal the belonging, the, 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 that belongs to your father and cut down the Asheroth pole beside it. Watch this. In order for God to know whether or not we're serious, we got to tear down anything that we depend on other than him. Man, that's a good point. I should have put that point down. In order for us to prove to God that he's our all, we have to move anything out of our way that's a crutch just in case he doesn't work out. God ain't one of your little friends. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all got to hear him. God ain't one of your little friends. See, one of your friends will say, I'll be there at eight. But you know they got a reputation for being late. I ain't going to look at Rachel. And they show up at 8.15. So you got to lie and say 7.45 to get them there at 8. Some of y'all got some of them cousins. You got a children's birthday party. You got to say 6 in the morning so they can show up at noon. God ain't one of your little friends. When God promises that he's going to do something, He's going to do it. So God says, I need to know how much you trust me. And if you trust me that much, destroy all of those idols that you're using as a crutch. Can I give you a point number two? You'll never experience a revival with a crutch. God is getting ready to give them a revival in their life in the seventh chapter, but they will not experience revival depending on on other idols. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? I promise you, I'm almost done. So, y'all, help me, Jesus. I don't want to go too far with this, but I got to go there. (laughs) We have too many crutches in church. We have too many things that we depend on in order for something to be measured as success in our mind. 
and I'm, I'm conflicted because I believe that a church should have a high level of excellence. But if something is to go wrong, I still believe that the gospel should still be number one. And if I am so concerned about everything underneath but the gospel, then everything has become my idol to lean on just in case the gospel don't work. So the reason why churches don't experience revival anymore is not because the people aren't praying. It's not because the music ain't good. It's because if the music ain't good, it ain't churchy enough. And God can't be in it. Watch this. And I've become so dependent on the crutches of everything else but the church that I allow the preacher to be weak in the word. So I don't got to study because the worship team got me. I ain't got to labor this week in the word because I know the going to take care of the media and we're going to strobe lights and all that fancy stuff. And the problem is if God came through like Gideon with a pole and started breaking drum sets and strobe lights and media ministries and all of the parking lot greeters and all that fancy stuff, which I have no issue with as long as the gospel is top. But if he destroys all of that stuff, is the gospel enough for your church? Y'all quiet. We have idols in the church and don't even realize it. So what God is saying is I want to make sure that everything in this next chapter that's going to happen in your life is going to happen because you have complete dependence on me. So destroy it all. Watch this, watch this. Have a hand clapping, foot stomping service. Go get you a washboard, Zipporah. <laughs> Sheila, I don't even know where to find one of those. <laughs> Take it back with nothing, no music. Come in and pray and expound on the word. Y'all don't even realize when you go to some Bible studies, they have to have a whole service. Because the word ain't enough. The content of the teacher or the preacher, he can't hold his own. So you can't ask questions. Y'all know anybody been doing, I've been doing Bible studies for about 15 years. Vance Davis been there. I've always been open for questions. And my thing is, if I don't know it, I'm going to go home and study it. But I'm not afraid because I have nothing to hold me up other than this word. So God is saying, I'm getting ready to take you to another level in your life. But in order for you to go to this other level, I need you to break all crutches so that I can see you walk by faith, not by sight and not in yourself. Wow. Oh, yo. I'm, 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 I'm going to move forward to the seventh chapter real quickly because I only got 10 minutes. So uh, Gideon asked for a, qu- a sign. And when he asked for a sign, he says, or he tells God, he says, God, I'm, I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to lay this fleece here on the ground. And when I wake up in the morning, if, if, if there's water on just the fleece, and not the grass, then I know you're God. How about he woke up that next morning and only the fleece was wet? So wet that when he rang the fleece, it just filled up a bucket of water for God just to prove himself. So now he's able to finally trust God. Unfortunately, he, 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 his faith was so limited 
that he had to keep testing God for God to prove himself. But God is so patient with some of us. Because <laughs> some of y'all are impatient. That's like me telling you, I'm going to give you $15 next week, and you just keep bothering me Monday through Saturday because you don't believe me. After a while, I'm going to just keep it. <laughs> like, what's $15? Can I help you? What's $1,500 to God? So when he got promises to do something for you, why are you bothering him when it's already done? Your prayer should be on to the next thing. Y'all don't want to hear that. We've been taught to get on his nerves. We've been taught to pray. Jerubel, that is Gideon, and everyone who was with him got up early and camped beside uh, Spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was uh, north of them, below the hill of Moray in the valley. And the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many people to hand the Midianites over to you. Or Israel might brag and say, I did it myself. Watch this. Y'all with me? I'm done here. I promise you. The Midianites had 135,000 soldiers. Gideon had 10,000. Now, some of us ain't that good at math, but I think y'all can see the difference between 135,000 and 10,000. All right, I'll help you a little bit more because some of y'all take the three zeros off the end. (laughs) I used to be like that. 135 and 10. I'll make it a little easier for you. $135 sneakers and $10 sneakers. Does that make make sense? Right? That's a a huge difference, right? You feel it. I'm getting older. I told my wife, I said, I could tell when my sneakers ain't good because my ankles hurt. (laughs) Back in the day, I could play basketball in church shoes. Now I need some good cushion or I'm going to suffer all week. (laughs) My shoes got to be blessed. I try them on now. It was the day I used to walk in Foot Locker. I'm like, I'll take those size 11. Now I'm like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Let me put these on real quick. Let me walk around. <laughs> I dance to the music. I'm like, all right, I'll take these. <laughs> you, get, you, look, you, get, you get a certain age, you need comfort. You see, y'all making me go all the way outside the message. 135,000 people, right? 10,000 with Gideon, and then God tells Gideon, you got too many people. Now, can you imagine you and your 10 boys is walking up the street, and it's 135 dudes on the corner, and God's telling you, tell your 10 boys there's too many of them. Y'all, y'all quiet. Oh, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. At this point, there's 32,000 of them. Like, that makes a difference. Still got 150,000 to 32,000. So imagine you walk up the street with 32 of your boys. I ain't got 32 friends, but I, I just imagine I got 32 friends walking up the street and 154 of them are up the, on the corner. And God says, you got, yo, uh, tell some of your boys to go home. What kind of prayer are you going to have at that point? God, look. <laughs> I, could get a, I could get less lumps with 32 of them than, than if you tell me to get rid of them. So watch this. So, so he says, I want you to get rid of them because... If y'all beat them with the, 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 the guys that you got, the 32 guys that you got, they're going to walk around thinking that they had something to do with the victory. So I want to get complete victory in this, so get rid of a few. <laughs> y'all with me? Now announce in the presence of the people, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. <laughs> Look at that. 
So 22,000 of the people turned back, but 10,000 remained. Watch this. All he asked was, who's scared? <laughs> and 22,000 of them was like, me. <laughs> you scared. <laughs> like, they really got scared. And 22 of them, 22,000 of them went back home. Y'all know I got, a, I got a very simple, crazy imagination. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Can you imagine those 22,000 dudes going back home to their wives? And they're like, how was the war? Oh, it was good, baby. I did my thing. Like, <laughs> you know they're lying. Like, <laughs> and then they're probably looking around like, Where, where's Mike? Oh, he just wanted to be a tough guy and go further. But, you know, the Lord released me, so I'm, I went home. 22,000 men left out of fear. What does that tell you? That everybody with you ain't necessarily with you. Can I go a stick? Can I, can I talk a little, 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 little hood? Everybody ain't about it. <laughs> Look, support is ghetto. She know everything I'm saying. <laughs> Everybody ain't about it. And that day, we found out that 22,000 men weren't about it. Am I boring, y'all? <laughs> and now there's 10 thousand of them remain. Now watch this. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there's still too many people. Hold on, hold on, hold on, God. I was 32 deep. You told me to ask who was scared and I lost 22 of my boys. It's 10 of us. And you telling me the 10 of us is still too many. To fight 154 bulls, young bulls, on the corner. Y'all with me? Take them down to the water and I will test them and I will test them for you there. If I say to you, this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go with you, he cannot go. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and act like I'm just Mr. Revelator and got the answers to everything. But I'm going to give you my interpretation of this text. Okay? Because it can go either way. There's 10,000 of them. And I'm going to skip a couple verses because I want to get through this. I'm, I'm going to finish right here. There's 10,000 of them. <clears throat> Y'all with me? And God says there's too many of them, so I want to put you to a test. Take them to the water. Now, they walk in, and he says, watch the way they drink the water. Y'all with me? 9,700 of them drunk the water like this. And God said, that ain't it. <laughs> Anybody drink like that, you ain't it in my life either. <laughs> Y'all with me? <laughs> but there were 300 of them that was like this. I'm not supposed to have a mic. And God says, dang it. Now let me help you. You ain't part of my life either if you drink water like that. <laughs> but for God, y'all do all right. Anybody drink water like that? Why did he not want the, but he wanted the, <laughs> yeah, there we go. You with me? The guy that was doing this was still looking out of fear. The guy going like this was focused on the water because he depended and trusted that God had his back. 
For we walk by faith and not by sight. Anybody that still has their eye on the enemy, but God told you your enemy is already your footstool. You ain't it. But those of you that God has already told you got the victory and you just put your head down and just keep on about your life. Y'all quiet in here. God already told you about the victory and you go to work tomorrow morning like everything is all right and you still going through hell. But you know what God says. God has already told you you got the victory and the doctor keeps giving you an evil report. But you keep going back in the office like you're already healed. That is the person that God is going to use because you're the person that has the report and you know what God has said and you ain't worrying about what it looks like. So now there's 300 men. You don't win from 32 bulls, young bulls, to 10 young bulls, watch this, to just you by yourself. <coughs> and God is saying, you're enough. <sighs> Can I close here? Can I close here? Is the eighth chapter just gives you a bunch of narratives. Can I close here, Jody? Jody, like, yeah, close, hurry up. I'm fine. <laughs> I heard you. I, my prophetic utterance went off in my antenna, and it told me that you said, sit down. You see, this is what happens when you're prophetical. <laughs> Y'all with me? Y'all with me? <laughs> So, we come to God, and we have it all together, and God breaks you, but you still got a little bit, and God breaks that, and you still got just a little piece left, just a little bit of joy left, sorry, just a little bit of peace, and God breaks that. And now you come to God saying, God, I have nothing. And God is saying, and that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Y'all, this story symbolizes that his grace is greater than our works. Are y'all with me? Watch this. I don't want you to shout your way into salvation. I don't want you to dance your way into salvation. I don't want you to give your way into salvation. I don't want you to work your way into salvation. <sighs> For we are not saved by works. We are saved by grace. Y'all with me? <laughs> this scripture is showing the grace of God over the works of man. This whole story tells us that in order for us to be saved by him, we have to break ourselves of our own agendas. We have to break ourselves of our own plans. I was, me and, me and Rachel watching something the other night and it just messed me up. And, I, I, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to call shot to any particular type of uh, denomination. But in the denom this denomination, they believe that the only way that you can get to heaven is if you work your way there. 
Hmm. And the problem with that is that we'll never be able to work ourselves into heaven. Because somewhere along the line, you're going to have a fall. And if God bases us off of our works, none of us will ever make it in. We're saved by grace. We're not saved by works. Now watch this, because y'all saying, well, I mean, I'm going to just come to church and do nothing. No, 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 no. You move from religion to relationship. And when I'm in a relationship with somebody, I do everything I can to please them. Not because they're asking me, but because I want to please them. And that's the way your relationship should be with God. I'm not doing this because it's the churchy thing to do. I'm doing this because I just want to please them. You might call me crazy. You might call me old fashioned. You might call me out of order. But if this pleases him, I'm going to do it. Amen. So now the whole story, and I'm closing here, is, is clearly God wants to strip you away so that he can use you. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but God wants to strip you so he can use you. Because, Jody, when he brings you into your blessed place, your testimony is going to be it could have only been God. Not my connections, not my networking, not my education, not my friendships, not because I got the best smile, not because I got the best looks, not even because I'm the hardest worker. God just favored me. And my testimony is if it was not for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. And y'all, we sit here sometimes and we look at folks in church and we call them charismatic, but those are the folks that recognize his grace. Why is she doing all that? She recognizes that if it was not for the Lord on her side, he recognizes that if it was not for the Lord on his side, they recognize that if God did not come in in the nick of time, they would have lost their life. So I just can't even judge them. I got to say, go ahead and praise him because I don't know what you've been through. So I'm just going to celebrate with you because I recognize God must have been good in your life. Point one. Don't y'all make me shout in here. God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Ain't calling you dumb. But what I'm saying is sometimes God will get you in areas that you're not experts at and put you in the right room. God will... Use the expertise that he was sowing into you all these years. And one day you're going to walk into the, wrong, the right room, open your mouth, and they're going to be like, how in the world did you know that? It's because God was training me in the pastures, preparing me for the palace. So he uses the foolish things. Number two, what does God see in you? When God looked at Gideon, he saw a mighty warrior. When God looks at you, what does he see? That's right. Don't tell us what you see. Tell us what God sees. God sees a victorious person when he looks at me. God sees a joyous person when he looks at me. 
God sees a prosperous person when he looks at me. So rather than me trying to bring God's word down, why don't I come up to his word and match what he sees? Number three, and I'm done. God puts us in situations to trust him. That easy. Like I told you earlier, he'll let you go through a car wreck and bring a reporter before he'll bring the ambulance. Because most likely you ran four red lights before you got to that intersection. I'm talking spiritual. I ain't talking natural, Darnell. We don't need to know how you got here this morning. <laughs> he like, yeah, that was me this morning on the way to church. <laughs> Cops ain't getting me, praise the Lord. I'm saved by grace. Hallelujah. No. <laughs> no, no, Darnell. <clears throat> no, we talking spiritual, Darnell. <laughs> Look, he ready to do word of the week next week. <laughs> I want to give honor to God. I went all the way through 130. Did not stop once. Because my brakes ain't work. But thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I got to get out of here, y'all. <laughs> he mad at me now. <laughs> spiritually spiritually Darnell you'll run through red lights and sometimes God is winking but eventually you're going to have a collision and sometimes he'll let you sit there in the collision to remind you how you got in the collision before he sends help Father we thank you Lord for meeting us here in this place God <clears throat> we thank you Lord for this word God, I pray, God, that it just resonated in the hearts of the people, that there was some understanding. Little fun, little joking, God, but God, overall, God, I pray, God, that the message laid some foundation, God. Touch each and every single person in this room, God, name by name, one by one, God. Allow us, God, to depend less on ourselves and more on you, God. Remove those crutches from our life, God, that we're holding on out of fear. And let us, God, move from fear to faith. And Lord, we thank you and we give you all the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to partner with us or make a donation, please visit our site at www.go2hopehaven.org. Our mission statement is to reach, evangelize, accept, and love. Your contribution will be a blessing to many in our local community, nationally, and even internationally. Again, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more next week.